Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Jamie Hubbard, and as Pastor Keith mentioned, I'm the Team WOG director. If you don't know what Team WOG is, it's our volunteer structure here at Word of Grace. And I have met quite a few of you because of Team WOG. And I have to say, I feel extremely privileged to see how God is using the gifts of our team members to make a difference in others' lives. I've watched a person with the gift of mercy and compassion show support to a community group member of theirs who was going through a difficult time. I've been able to watch a person with the gift of helps serve as an usher here in the sanctuary one week and then hold a baby in the nursery the next week. I have watched members of, our, of Team WOG use their gifts of art, technology, worship to not only provide worship on a Sunday morning, but to reach those of you watching online every week. And I have seen people go above and beyond being faithful because they want to be a part of what God is doing. I feel so blessed to call so many wonderful, servant-hearted people my family. And I was, as I was preparing for today, these are the stories that kept coming to my mind. Pastor Derek has been talking about radical devotion to Christ the past few weeks, and a large part of serving Christ radically is using our gifts for his glory. Now, some of you sitting here today may feel like you don't have a gift to offer. Some of you may feel like you're overextended. You don't have any more to give. And others of you maybe don't even know what your gift is. But today, I want you to know that you not only have a gift that God wants to use for his glory, but your gift matters. And God is calling you, calling each one of us to serve him with our gifts radically. Please play, pray with me before I begin. God, I just thank you so much for this day and for this time that we can go into your word and hear your truth. God, I pray that you would give me the words to speak and that you would um, touch each person's heart in here, that your truth would penetrate our hearts and help us to serve you in a new way. Thank you for being here with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So the title of my message this morning is Your Gift Matters. If you want to take notes, that's the title. Um, I want to start by reading from Matthew 25, a parable that Jesus told. So I'm just going to read in Matthew 25, starting at verse 14. It's the parable of the talents. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, 
you wicked and slothful servant, you know that I reap where I have not sowed and gather where I scattered no seed? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now as we read this, we have to remember that it's a parable. Um, what does that mean? It's a medical, metaphorical story that teaches a spiritual lesson. So it's not meant to be dissected detail by detail. That's not the point. The point is to pull out the spiritual lesson that Jesus is trying to teach us. But before we do that, there's a few words and phrases I do want to clarify and make sure we understand. The first one is the word talent. You know, in today's day, we, we talk about talents and we think of skills and abilities and things we can do. That's not the context of the story here. The talent in this story is a piece of money. Um, specifically, a talent would be 6,000 denarii. Now, one denarius is a day's wages for like a soldier or a laborer in that day. So it would have been a denarii would have been 6,000, or sorry, a talent would have been 6,000 denarii. So if you do the math, that's over 15 years of wages. So the word talent is talking about physical money. It's not talking about skills and abilities. Um, it's the money that this man has entrusted to his servants to steward. However, this story isn't talking specifically about finances, even though we're using the term of money and we can apply it, the lesson to our finances. That's not the point Jesus is making here. As I was reading this passage, I did as Pastor Derek encourages us to do, and I read the context surrounding this parable. If you look at the context around it, before it, you have a parable of ten virgins. You have no one knows that day and hour, the lesson of the fig tree. After it, you have the final judgment. So if you look at the context, Jesus is putting this parable amidst others that are talking about the last days and the second coming of Christ. So this helps me understand what Jesus is trying to say in this parable. It's not about doubling our money here on earth. It's not being a good business person. The point of this story is it's about eternity. It's set in a context where Jesus is talking about eternity. So this begs the question, well, what does that have to do with today? I think there are three main lessons we can learn, and I want to talk about those today. I think the very first thing we can learn is that God created us for eternity. If Jesus is telling us about it, then it is important because he created us for it. So I want to read to you from Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10, which say this. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So did you hear that? God created each of us. We are his workmanship. He has given each of us unique personalities, traits, gifts, abilities. Everyone on this earth has something to contribute, and God has prepared it for us. He knows what those things are. He's prepared them for us. However, 
I know a lot of people who struggle with their purpose here on earth. Why is that? They may know who they are, the areas they're strong in, but what they lack is an eternal purpose and perspective. If we have received Christ as our Savior and we know the save, salvation we have through him, we gain that eternal purpose and perspective. We know how lost and frail we are without Christ. We know that without his sacrifice and grace, we can only make a small dent in our surroundings. But we were created to impact eternity. We were created to have a relationship with the one true God. When we surrender to his grace and accept his forgiveness, we begin to trust him to use us in a new, different way. We may have the same job we had before, but all of a sudden, it takes on a whole new purpose in light of eternity. We may interact with the same family and, and friends, but our relationships change because we, we have a new focus. We want to make a difference. We want to see change in their lives, not just in ours. We want them to have what we have. We get that eternal purpose and perspective because God has created us for eternity. The second thing I think we need to realize from this passage is that God has given us what we need to impact eternity. Now, you all got a coin when you came in, and I'm going to use this as a symbol throughout the message today for those talents. We are all given talents. Some, it's something that God has, and he gives it to us. It's his possession. He gives it to us to steward here on earth. Now, it's different for everybody, so I can't tell you what your talent is. And again, I'm not just talking skills and abilities. For some of you, it might be time. God has given you time that he wants you to use for his glory. For some of you, it might be abilities or talents that you can use to share his word and his truth. For others of you, it might be money or physical possessions that he's calling you to steward. But the the thing is, it doesn't really matter what the talent is. The point is he's given it to you, and you have it. So we have what we need to impact eternity. The problem is we tend to compare ourselves to others around us. You know, if only I had money like they did, I could build so many schools for children who can't go to school and learn. Oh, if only I had time like they had. I could volunteer with the homeless and the hungry. I'd have tons of time. If only I had the ability to lead or teach like that person. I could minister, lead a small group, teach people. If only I had the house and car that that person has. I could pick up people for church or have a small group come in my home. But that's not really the point or the truth, is it? If I'm being honest, a lot of those if-only statements I just read would end more with what I want selfishly than what I would do with it for God. I'd say I would use it for God, but the reality is if I really want to serve God, then I would find a way to steward what he's given me, and it wouldn't matter what the talent is that I'm using. God isn't limited by my resources or my creativity. 
honestly, he can take exactly what I have and use me for his glory right now, not when I have what they have. That's why the amount of money each person was given in this parable doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. They were given what they could steward with their ability, and what they did with it was their choice. The master didn't, didn't make them do it. They chose how to do what they did. Notice the first two servants. They went and immediately put their money to work. The third servant chose not to. It didn't matter how much they were given or who the master was. It was a matter of the heart of the person who was receiving it. For example, we have a team member who serves at the calling on Wednesday nights with our youth, pouring into the youth and um, sharing truth with them. He also serves in the Emerge classroom on Sunday mornings, working with those kiddos. And when he's not serving in Emerge on a Sunday, you can see him in the sanctuary ushering and welcoming people. Does he do that for a pat on the back or accolades from us? No. He does it because he knows the value of Christ, and he knows that he wants other people to have that same change in their heart. I'm not saying that every person should serve every Sunday or every, or, or every Wednesday. What I am saying is that we should all be serving with a joyful, willing heart, however God is asking us to serve. Let's talk about that third servant for a moment. <clears throat> In verse 24 and 25, he explains why he didn't do anything with his money. He says, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talents in the ground. Here you have what is yours. Remember, this is a parable. So this is not meant to be a description of God. You know, it's a metaphor. It's not a description of God. It's a parable. It's just the servant's perception of his master, how he sees him. Basically, what I see the servant doing is turning the blame on his master so he's not responsible. Not my, not my fault. You're a hard man. Not my fault. So let's think about that for a minute. What does that look like when we discuss our own stewardship? In America, we pride ourselves on, we, we use our abilities to the fullest. We're responsible. We, we, we know what we can do. We go into a job interview and we know the skills that we can tell them we have. We know how they're being used in our current job. But have we ever asked God how we can use them for his glory? This is a heart check for me. If God gave me a gift or ability or whatever it is, shouldn't I be asking him what he wants to do with it? instead of just doing what I think is good. But here's the other piece. There are people who ask the Lord, God, use me. I want to serve you. How, how can I serve you? But maybe I don't think I have an answer. I don't feel an answer from the Lord. And so I say, you know, it's okay. I don't have to, it's not my responsibility. He didn't tell me what to do. So we feel it's okay to just sit and wait or maybe I have some ideas, but I can't find the perfect fit. You know, I can do administrative stuff. I could schedule a team, 
but I, I can't lead a whole team, so don't put me in charge. Um, or I can lead a team. I'm, I'm a good leader, but you know what? I don't know my Bible very well, so I can't lead a small group. Or we just say, I don't have any unique abilities that God can use. I can't lead worship. I can't preach. I can't teach. So, you know, God can't use me. Really? Aren't all of those things just more excuses so that we're not held responsible? Isn't God bigger than our own limitations? We need to stop limiting our gifts. Every single gift matters. We are the body of Christ. God has, has created us all with different gifts because he needs and wants to use all of them. I can't do the good works God has prepared for you, and you can't do the good works that God has prepared for me. Not because one of us is better than the other one, but because God is inviting each one of us to be a part of what he is doing. He's giving us opportunity to steward his possessions. He's putting it in our hand and saying, what are you going to do with it? Why? Because he wants us to share in the joy of his kingdom. In verse 21 of that parable, the master says to the first servant with the five talents, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he says the same thing to the second servant with the two talents. The joy of your master. Bob Butley says it this way. This repeated phrase is an idiom for entering the kingdom. Service for Christ is service for the family. The joy is the fellowship. We get to fellowship with God. We get to fellowship with each other as we serve and use our gifts for eternity. I was talking to another team member the other week, and she was mentioning there, that there are times she doesn't feel like serving, you know? It's not that she doesn't like her role or doesn't find fulfillment in it some days, but there are some days where you're just tired. But she went on to say that on the nights that she least wants to serve, she goes anyway. And that's when she often sees God move the most. So even on our weakest of days, God gives us the joy of joining him in being a part of his fellowship and what he's doing. It doesn't depend on us. We get to be a part of what he's already doing. And he has already given us what we need to impact eternity. The third thing I think we can pull from this parable, the third lesson, is that stewardship doesn't start in eternity. It starts right now. What is the goal of using our time, talent, and treasure for the Lord? Isn't it to impact eternity? Remember the context. We're talking about eternity. The servants didn't wait because they didn't want the master to come back before they had a chance to do something with what they had been given. They put it right to work. Do we feel the eternal weight of our life here? Do we feel 
the eternal impact of what God has given us, and we're saying, yes, God, I want to do something with this before you return? Or do we let ourselves get comfortable in routine? I know I do. In preparing for today, I read the book Radical that Pastor Derek has been referencing. Don't read it. It's going to challenge you. Um, I'm beginning to question my routine. Do I just go through my life connecting with the same people at church, in my neighborhood, in the community? Or am I truly praying and considering where and when God wants me to reach out? How can I drive into Sheboygan multiple times a week and not even think about who I run into that God may want me to show or share the love of Christ with? How do I see a mom walking with her baby in Sheboygan Falls on a Sunday morning on my way to church and not stop and invite her to come? Am I afraid? Maybe too busy? Or maybe oblivious? Or maybe a little bit of all three? I don't have the answer yet. God is still working on me in this area. And I'm not saying that we should go and talk to every single person we meet because God might not be calling us to that. But God is challenging me to look at my routine in light of eternity and ask him what he wants me to do with what I've been given. Consider this. What if your community group invited one person who didn't know the Lord and they met their Savior? Their eternity has changed. What if your two Facebook watch parties on a weekend shared the gospel with 20 people who had never heard the truth about Jesus and it changed the stereotype they had of the Lord? What if God used your five years of conversation and friendship with a coworker to show them who God really is and change their eternity? There's no one way to steward what we've been given. There's no one way to impact eternity. We need to be in the word, and we need to be praying, and most of all, we need to be ready to obey when God asks us to steward what he's given us for his glory. Honestly, it'd be really easy for me to say, you know, just join Team Wog, serve every week, you're good. But that's not the truth. I can't tell you how to steward what you've been given. Some of you, God might be calling you to commit to a faith family, to commit to a church and serve there and use your gifts there. Some of us need to sacrifice some time and start reaching out to some new people. And others of us, we need to be praying for the discernment and the wisdom to see the needs and the people around us that God might want us to impact. Now, I can't tell you when or where or how often that God is going to ask you to serve or sacrifice or reach out for his kingdom. I can't. But I can tell you this with certainty. The, it's worth the investment every single time because eternity is at stake. Now, when we step out and serve, remember this won't always be a cakewalk. 
there are definitely days where it's exciting and we, we have that very visible joy because we're, we're seeing God moving and it's exciting. But there are also days where it is difficult. I watched the movie Instant Family last weekend and amidst the humor and pain of the movie, there was a nugget of wisdom that I can't seem to forget. They said this, things that matter are hard. I wonder if that's why Jesus asked us to pick up our cross and follow him. When we step out to use our gifts, we might not see people saved every day. We might not even feel like we're making a difference a lot of days. But that doesn't mean we quit. We know the hope we have. We know the change that God has made in us. And so we hope, we persevere, and we hope that God would do the same thing in someone else because we have the conviction that if God can change us, he can change them too. And we do it because eternity matters. In this parable of the talents, Jesus is reminding us of the urgent need to care for what we are given in this short life here on earth. The message is stewardship because eternity matters. Bob Utley said it this way, this parable shows the need not only for initial salvation, but for ongoing responsibility. Profession is confirmed by lifestyle. No fruit, no root. So I want to ask you this today. What has God given you to steward for eternity? We need to stop putting it in our back pocket and pretending it's not there. He's given it to you and he's asking you to do something with it. What is that thing? Has he given you influence with a coworker or a friend? Has he given you artistic or business or teaching skills that he can use to share his truth for an eternal purpose? Do you have gifts of mercy and compassion and love that you can support and love on the struggling, the lonely, and the marginalized? Your gift matters. Every single gift matters and is needed. So how are you stewarding what God has given you? For some of you today, you need to accept the grace that God is extending to you and trust in him for your salvation. If you have not accepted Christ as Lord and Savior of your heart and you feel that tug from the Holy Spirit this morning, please don't wait. God has created us for eternity and you, he wants you to choose him right now. And then he can begin to tell you what he wants to do through you. But you got to make that eternal decision now. For others of you, you have trusted the Lord. You have Christ. You understand how his grace has saved you. But you have your talent sitting in your back pocket or sitting on a shelf and not being used. So I want to challenge you this week. You got a coin when you came in here. I want you to take that and I want you to put it somewhere where you see it every day. And if you're watching online and you didn't get one today, I want you to get a piece of paper and write the word talent or get a quarter or whatever you will see that will remind you. 
and I want you to look at it every day. And every time you look at it, I want you to pray, and I want you to ask God, God, what can I do with this? What are you calling me to do? How can I reach out? How can I impact eternity? But here's the thing. You can't just pray. Prayer is awesome. It's good. But then prayer leads to action. I want you to do something. Take one step. One step. Even if you don't know, even if you feel like you can't hear God and you don't know, take one step. Try one thing. God will not disappoint you. He is about eternity and he will use you for his eternal purpose. Finally, there are some people here who you do think of your time, talent, and treasure with eternity in mind. You do reach out. You do try to impact others for his kingdom. And that's awesome. But here's what I want to challenge you with. Who are you encouraging around you to do the same? How can you encourage that coworker who feels like they're being persecuted? How can you encourage that family member who's new to their faith? How can you encourage your children to learn the truth of the Lord? How can you encourage the body of Christ? We all have different gifts, but we're all needed. And we need each other to encourage and fellowship. So pray about and do one encouraging thing for someone this week. Your gift matters. So how are you stewarding what God has given you? Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for this day and that you do invite us to be a part not only of eternity when, when Christ comes again, but to be a part of what you are doing here for eternity. God, may we not take that lightly. God, I, I pray that you reach each person where they are at this morning, that you touch hearts, and that you speak clearly to how we can be stewards of your possessions here on earth. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and the opportunity to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.